Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hey, everyone. It's great to be together with you today. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas all at the same time. Uh, it's uh, it's New Year's Day, also my daughter's fourth birthday. Um, but we're also still in the Christmas season, so I say both, both things at the same time. Um, also, uh, we're going to do two things at the same time today, kind of in that vein. Uh, we're going to wrap up the series that we've been in since the beginning of Advent called Generation to Generation as we talk about uh, what it looks like for us to receive the stories that have been handed down to us and what it looks like for us to offer those stories uh, to those who come after. Um, and we're going to do that using uh, the story today of the Magi, the wise men, uh, not just because they finally will make our manger scenes complete, uh, but because uh, this week we are celebrating Epiphany, uh, which is the Sunday in the life of the church where we celebrate the arrival of the wise men uh, 12 days after Christmas. And so uh, here we here we find ourselves. Here we find ourselves. Uh, I want to start by reading the story of the wise men in case you're not familiar with it uh, or haven't heard it in a year or so. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll spend, some time, spend some time with it. Um, so we're in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, if you're following along. And uh, it starts in the time of King Herod, which is not just a historical marker. It's saying something about who owned time. That's going to be my sermon for next year, I've decided. So just, just wait about 52 weeks. We'll come back to that one. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we've come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. Same word that gets used when the angel visits Mary. And all of Jerusalem was frightened with him, calling together the chief priests, the scribes, and the people, seminary, divinity schools. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born, and they told him in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring word to me so that I may go and pay him homage, which was obviously not true. You just wanted to murder him. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the same star, the one they had seen at, the rising, at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they knelt down and they paid him homage. And opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, 
which Matthew's all about dreams. Uh, Joseph gets visited in a dream twice, as it turns out, wise men as well. So having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country uh, by another way, by another road. Uh, here, my friends, uh, is the story is the story of the wise men. I think it's a it's a really essential story uh, for people like me uh, who were not born into a Jewish family, uh, and maybe that means people uh, like some of you as well. Um, I want to talk about why I think that's important. And but before we get there, I want to talk about the movie Moana, which feels like a real non sequitur there. But just go with me, go with me for a moment. So, uh, if you don't know uh, the story of Moana, the movie, it's a Disney movie. If you don't have all the songs memorized like others of us do. Um, here, here's the basic plot line, not the whole plot line of the movie, but here's the setup to the to the film. Uh, Moana is a young woman, and her dad is the chief of this island people, right? This island village, this tribe, this nation that lives on an island. And early on in the, the film, he takes her up to the tallest point uh, on the of a mountain on the island, and he shows her that there are 15 stones, flat stones, stacked on top of each other. And he says, in your stone will be the next one. Uh, all of these represent the chiefs who have come before you, and you'll be the 16th chief on, on this island. And this island gives us what we need. Consider the coconut, the leaf in the trees. They, the island gives us what we need, right? There's protection and there's provision on this island. And it's a wonderful place to be. And your job will be to shepherd this people, to look out for them and make sure they have what they need on this island. But Moana always senses that she's been called out, away from the island, out into the ocean, right? Beyond the reef. Uh, it seems to be calling her out and beyond what is. And so she's torn between wanting to be a, a good chief, wanting to be a good, obedient child, wanting to do the thing that her people need her to do on the island, and this call that she has outward, uh, out past the reef. Now, she has a grandmother, and everyone kind of considers that the grandmother, you know, is, uh, is a little crazy. But her grandmother, it seems, knows something that not everybody else uh, in the village knows. It's like she, she has a secret, like a family secret, that she wants for Moana to have as well. She really encourages her uh, to go out beyond the reef. And one of the things that the grandmother does is that she uh, helps her find her way to a cavern. And in this cavern, Moana discovers uh, just a multitude of vessels. And what she comes to realize as she stands on those uh, boats, as she looks at the images that have been drawn on the sails, is that she might be the 16th chief on the island, but she, she's probably not the 16th chief. That before they came to the island, uh, they they were wayfarers, right? They were people who sailed on the ocean. They were explorers. And when this all kind of comes to a point, it's like it clicks. She has an epiphany. And she shouts out loud in this cavern, we were voyagers, 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 voyagers. It kind of echoes throughout. And she understands now this call that she has back to the, back to the ocean, uh, back to the sea. And it, that comes in handy. Because um, a little bit later, we discover that there's like this plague that's growing in the island. And the island's not going to be able to provide them everything they need. And so they're going to have to leave the island in order to go seek out life, right? In order to go find salvation. And she has this really, uh, I think, poignant moment. She's standing with the elders of the village. And she says, we were voyagers. We can voyage again. She says, like, if we can just remember who we are, we can find a way to do what we need to do in order to seek out life. Uh, and to find it uh, for ourselves. She found a way forward by resting on the past, right? She recaptured something about her and their collective identity that those around her seemed to have forgotten. And it became their salvation, their pathway to life. 
as I was reading the story of the wise men, I, I just, I just sensed like, hey, we were seekers. We can seek again. We can seek again. The wise men were, were seekers. They came looking for something, right? Let's, let's, uh, let's consider for just a moment that the wise men, the story of the wise men, to some degree, not fully, but to some degree, the wise men is like the origin story for those of us who are not Jewish. Um, at the time that the wise men arrived, the Jewish people believed that they were the family of God. And uh, if you wanted to be a part of the family of God, then you needed to become Jewish. What we see happening uh, all throughout the work of Jesus, and as they begin to understand what Jesus was doing through the rest of the New Testament, they understand that, that in Jesus, the grace of God was far more expansive than they at the time had the imagination to, to dream up or to contain. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that um, it was through the blood of the cross, right, through the work that Jesus did on our behalf, that we who were once far off, aliens and strangers to God without a hope in the world, it was through the work of Jesus on the cross that we, Gentiles by birth, non-Jewish people by birth, have been brought near, brought into the family of God, uh, grafted into the family tree, a wild shoot, a wild branch grafted in. And we see that in the birth story of Jesus, uh, the wise men create a place for us, right? They, they hold space for us in the manger scene. They hold space for us uh, long before Jesus was on the cross. They hold space for us in the story of, of Jesus's nativity. That there can be people who were far off, who were far away, who wanted to discover, who were seekers, right? The, the Magi were seekers. They sought wisdom. They sought divinity. They sought fortunes. They sought to tell the future. And their seeking led them to Jesus, this newborn king of an entirely other nation, an entire other culture. And the early Christians came to understand that the Magi were the answers to prophecy of old that led the Jewish people out of their like collective assumption that the full grace of God only existed within the family. Uh, it, it expanded their imagination about uh, who belonged. And this is great news to people uh, like you and me, like you and me. Um, we, in our origin story, if we, if we reach, reach back beyond the 1950s, reach back beyond the 1500s, uh, reach, reach back beyond the, uh, the 1100s, reach back beyond the 500s, we were seekers. We were seekers. We were a people who got up and outside of our comfort zone, who, who sought the goodness of God wherever we could find it. And we, we discovered it. We discovered it by following a star that hovered over a foreign city in a foreign nation. Um, and we followed it to worship a king, a king that ultimately would be our salvation, the king that would bring us uh, life. It's easy, I think, sometimes for us uh, to get pent up and bound up in, in expectations that we have and like in what we have already sought and discovered and what we already know. And yet I believe that God is always calling us to seek to seek God with our whole heart. God is, in fact, I believe, promised to meet us wherever we are seeking God. Uh, and so I was just like, if we are seekers, we could seek again, right? What would it look like for us to seek God fully in this new year? Not resting comfortably on what we've already learned or discovered about God or who we already know God to be, 
But what if we had the imaginative capacity, the gumption of the wise men? What if we recaptured that and ourselves sought out the expansiveness of God's grace in places that we wouldn't anticipate finding it ourselves today? Um, I, 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 I could I tell a lot of stories uh, about this. One that comes uh, pretty quickly to mind, uh, and I'll be careful with the details here, but uh, I was a part of a church one time, uh, and they were looking to uh, to expand uh, their sanctuary to make more room for more people who were moving into their area. Um, and doing so meant that they were going to have to move walls and adjust how space was being used. Um, and that was a, that was a really difficult thing for some folks in the congregation because they had grown up with it in a particular way. And literally, quite literally, their great-grandparents built the building, installed the walls, put the pews in the sanctuary, right? Um, and and this one individual that I'm thinking about, like, just couldn't quite get over that hump. And he said, you know, if, if my grandfather, great-grandfather, uh, was insistent that this is how many pews this church needed, then this is how many pews this church needs. Um, now, this person was a, a a lover of Jesus, was a Jesus follower, wanted other people to know about the love of God, um, was not opposed to, to new people, but just couldn't imagine changing the inside of the sanctuary. Um, until someone asked the question, well, when, when our great-grandfather built this space, um, how many seats did our great-grandfathers install? Well, there's room in here for like two, 225 people. Great. And when they installed these pews, um, how many people were worshiping in our church? Uh, probably 50 or 60. So our great-grandfathers literally built a space that was like filled a quarter of the way full. Is it because perhaps our great-grandfathers and grandmothers, one would assume, imagined that one day our family might be bigger, that the family of God might expand in this place? And it was like an epiphany. It was like a light bulb went off over his head and the head of the whole room. And after that, it was like a unanimous vote. Man, tear it down. Whatever we got to do, like, let's put some more seats in. Why? Because our ancestors, they were wayfarers, <laughs> right? We were voyagers. We can voyage again, right? They were they were invitational. They expected our church family to grow. We can grow again. Like, it it changed the perspective. They, they reached back into the past to take a hold of something that, that was a part of their collective identity, and gave them a way forward into a new life, into a, a new offer of salvation for more people, right? We were seekers. We can seek again. We were seekers. We can seek again. Seeking new things and new places is terrifying. It's terrifying. Resting on what we already know, to be sure, is comfortable and convicting and easy. But we were seekers, and we can seek again. Here's, here's what Jeremiah says, on behalf of God, for thus says the Lord, uh, Jeremiah says in chapter 29, um, when you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. God promises us over and over and over again, all throughout scripture, that uh, if, if we are earnestly seeking after God, God so desires to be found. It's not a question of will, will, we, will we find God? Um, it's a question of where will we find God. Um, we were seekers. We were seekers, and we can seek again. What would it look like for you to seek out God uh, in new and unexpected places, to be prepared and aware and ready and anticipate uh, discovering God in, in places beyond what our imagination have the capacity uh, to dream up? Um, and if we can, if we can show up earnestly seeking after God with our whole heart, uh, 
imagine uh, what a gift that could be to each of us individually, what a gift we can be to each other, and what a gift as a church uh, we can be to our whole community. Uh, we were seekers. We were seekers and we can seek again. Happy Epiphany, everyone. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, And while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Verena area. Um, FVUMC.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Verena United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing again soon.